Okay, we got David here I'm trying to get him to purr, but he don't want to purr. And um, now we're moving on to this, the third segment. Damn, I can't even talk. Third segment of the night for season six, episode 10 with the theme of alcoholic skinwalkers. This one is drunken gods. This segment is about how godlike Navajo, Navajo alcoholics can be when drunk and how they hold certain powers. So let me give you a perfect example. Um, years ago, when I first came back to Clagato, uh, I was driving my mom into Gallup and it was like the first of the month I was unemployed and um, we we stopped by Taco Bell in, in Gallup and um, there was a guy walking around and he was um, asking people for change, this Navajo guy, he was, he was drunk. And then uh, people were just walking right by him. And then my mom told me, she goes, you know, those guys, they have special powers. So you can ask them to pray for you and, and they will pray for you, she goes. And I thought, oh, that's stupid. Why in the hell would they want to do that? And I was like, why would I want to get a drunken prayer? You know, and my mom was just, you know, she's just like, when she eats, she likes to talk about all types of random things, you know, and that's just like one of the things she brought up. So after we were done eating, we we're getting ready to leave. We got back in the truck and then I looked in the rear view mirror. Here comes that guy. I was like, ah, shit, man. And I wanted to leave, but then I thought, I remembered what my m mother said. Um, and, um, she said, oh, oh, then I told her, I said, Hey, let me go see what this guy will say. If I ask him for a prayer, my mom said, go ahead. So this, the guy came up and he goes, Hey bro, you know, you got any change you can help me with? I said, um, okay. Yeah. Hey, look, I said, I'll give you some money, but, um, you got to give me a prayer first. You got to give me something back in return. He goes, Oh, okay. He goes, so he, I could smell him. He was, uh, you know, obviously he was drunk, but I, I put out my hands like I was receiving a prayer and this dude, he put his hand on top of my hand and then he started praying, man. I was like, Oh shit. Well, first, I, I kind of thought it was funny, you know, because, uh, you know, this guy was like, what is he going to pray for, you know? What, what is he going to, um, how is this prayer supposed to go from an alcoholic? And man, I, I shit you not, man. There was like an electric feeling going through my hands and it went up my arms, around my shoulder, it went up my head, down my body, to my feet. And the hairs on my uh, arms stood up and the back of my neck stood up. And it was like actually receiving power, like a, like a, I don't know, like a charge. And I was like, oh shit, man, I could feel that, man. But the thing is I had, um, I think it was $7 on me and I gave him $2. So I figured, you know, at the time I was thinking, oh, I need this money. So I'll give him like $2. But after I left out of there, I started dri driving back to um, Clagato and I still had that jittery feeling. I was like, damn, man, I should have just gave him, you know, I kind of felt bad afterwards. I was like, shit. Yeah, he was going to drink on it, but I should have just gave him that money, you know. So that was the only time I really got to do that. There was a few times where I wanted to, but I just never really, you know, felt like uh, getting a prayer done or anything. So, excuse me, um, I, I told my mom about it and I said, why is it that these, uh, alcoholics have that, that prayer? 
that strength, you know, and she just told me that's how they are kind of godlike in a way. And she goes, they're, they are closer to the spirit world by being, um, kind of like not inebriated, not drunk, but they are like in an altered state of being basically. And, you know, I, I slowly started to understand that a little bit more, you know, the more I thought about it. So that's where I think that, um, I don't want to encourage alcoholism, but if somebody's going to do it, you know, do it for the right reasons, I guess. But there was also the reasons, like I said, where my alcoholic brother would get very upset and he'd get a knife and he'd come charging after you, you know? Well, he never did to me when I was a little, but he did that to the adults. So maybe even though he was drunk, he could, you know, differentiate you know, between a child and an adult. So that's how, um, that's how I, I try to, you know, break it down why he was the way he was when he got drunk. Now, aside from him being molested as a kid, you know, um, I, I think that, um, the people he drank with, they, they knew his uh, weakness was anger just like my other brother did done the pharmaceuticals, his, um, his weakness was anger, you know, and excuse me. And, um, that's why, you know, I say on this podcast, I do have anger issues. So is that a weakness? I don't know. Maybe if I were to get drunk or, you know, alter my state of reality through pharmaceutical drugs or something, recreational stuff, maybe then I would become, you know, easily possessed. But since I don't, I don't use that stuff and just, I guess I just have natural anger about the way, um, things have not gone right for me. Um, and especially those, um, those relationships that I had in Albuquerque, they all just died out, which I really wish they didn't, you know, I wish they would have at least lasted six months to a year. That would have been cool. But uh, for what it is, you know, I just keep my anger to myself. But the one time it really came in handy was when I got after the nonprofit president. Oh man, that was so rewarding. That was, that was, you know, made me feel great <laughs> to finally just corner one of these officials and then just let them know how it is. You know, you keep fucking with uh, people and, you know, keep, you know, bending the truth and, becoming a victim, you know, just because you've been caught or cornered or called out, then, um, that's what you deserve, you know? And, uh, David, David's, uh, rubbing against my face and his, uh, fur is getting on my lips. Damn it, David, you and your fur. Anyways, um, uh, so with that being said, you know, that, that godlike state is, it's pretty amazing, you know, and, you know, just having that electric shock and, you know, just kind of knowing that these alcoholic, um, alcoholic, uh, natives or Navajos, they have, it's kind of like a calling and, you know, I kind of see them as like chosen ones to like, um, cross the bridge of, you know, what, the spiritual world and the physical world. There we go. 
And that might be something that they're ill-equipped for because they keep going back to alcohol and they keep drinking and drinking, uh, you know, to the point where they finally die and they end up in the spirit world. And then they're like, oh, damn, what the hell happened, you know? And Or either that or they're just kind of like saying to themselves, oh, well, I'm glad I'm out of that life. I'm, I'm in this new one and I like this one instead, you know? So there's no coming back for them. And just uh, recently in Clagato, a few weeks ago, there was a terrible accident that happened. It's kind of like at this intersection. And I guess uh, there was a couple, apparently they were drinking and they had this um, like 250 gallon um, water barrel or water cube behind their truck. And I don't know if they were like speeding, I'm pretty sure they were, but there was uh, a young lady, she was getting on the highway apparently, and she had her kids with her. They were in an SUV, and I guess that truck last minute, I don't know if the guy drinking slammed on the brakes, but it really didn't matter if he slammed on the brakes because the weight from that 250-gallon cube pushed up against the truck cab and crushed him, his lady, into the uh, dashboard, uh, causing that to smash into the back of that uh, the SUV. And the lady that was driving the SUV, she had her kids in there with her. And her husband recently died, um, I think it was last year. And so she's still grieving as a widow. And here she gets in a tragic accident that nearly killed her. It almost took her life. I think currently she's still in the hospital trying to recover from what what information my mom got from their family. But the other two, they died. Um, the other male and female, they died. So that kind of lets you know just how, how shitty um, alcohol can be, you know. And that's not like the only story. There's, there's plenty of stories, uh, like especially in Clagato in the past five years, there have been like seven, seven or eight dead people, uh, freezing from the elements and just basically being murdered. And of course, you know, the, for whatever reason, the tribe doesn't want to share that information and they don't want anybody to know who the killer is. I was like, come on, man, what the hell, you know? And so anyways, I was like, all right, fine, whatever. The Navajo justice system is all shot to shit anyways. So it's like you can pretty much commit murder and nobody can catch you. The FBI will come out, but unless you're going to openly testify to them, you know, they ain't going to catch you. So, and not only that, I don't think that the FBI looks at Navajos as a priority you know, solving the Navajo death. They're like, oh, well, it's just one less Indian to do, to worry about, you know. So anyways, um, damn it, David, sit still. Bastard. Damn it, knocked down my microphone. <laughs> All right, David, uh, put you in timeout here. How dare you knock down my microphone. Then, plus, not only that, he's got all this fur. Ah, bastard. <laughs> Anyways, um, so that godlike, um, that godlike, uh, presence, I guess that these, um, Navajo, um, alcoholics have, 
it's it's really a wonder to me how they're able to function and um just like um like I was saying about if they get too drunk then they could become possessed with um witchcraft somebody could easily try to take them out and um they'll try to um have them kill their families and if they're successful well the two successful murders that I know of is one that's kind of close to where my mom lives here. It's over the hill to the north. There was now apparently it was like two brothers. One they were drinking and then they got in an argument. One shot the other one and killed him and realized he killed his brother, then shot himself. And then I brought that up again to somebody and they were like, oh no, that didn't happen. They um they were murdered. Someone came in and shot both of them. It's like, okay, well, if you say so. And then the other one is um, over um, these two veterans where I was talking about them. Um, they're, I guess they're still under investigation. We never heard anything back from it. But um, father and son were found dead in their home. And they live up in the um, kind of like the woodsy area of Clagato up on the mountain ridge. And that's where I had my suspicions. It was a younger brother who shot his older brother and his dad because he was getting pretty drunk and crazy and stupid and silly. But then uh, this other veteran told me, he goes, well, maybe it was a murder-suicide. The son couldn't take it anymore, even though he was on a wheelchair. He probably got all pissed at his dad because he had an anger problem. And then he shot his dad, realized what happened, went back to his room and just shot himself out of uh, guilt. And that was the same dude that kept trying to talk to me about the Bible and Jesus and God and Lord and all this stuff. I told him, I said, Hey man, just keep that to yourself. All right. I don't, I don't want to hear it. You know, that's, yeah, that's, uh, pretty much a white man's religion. But at the same time, you know, it, uh, if you're not going to want to listen to what I'm saying about the traditional ways of things in our culture, then, you know, don't you respect my boundaries and don't tell me about the the Bible and the Christian ways because whoever, whatever Navajo tries to preach to me about that, they always die, man. It's just, well, well, I don't want to say they always die, but there seems to be a pattern of Navajo Christians that, you know, uh, talk about the Bible and then, you know, they, they're all about it for maybe a year or two. Next thing you know, they're they die from the, excuse me, from all these causes. But I always think because we're res, you know, it's gotta be witchcraft. But anyways, so that was, uh, you know, just a little journey into that, uh, godlike, um, persona that these drunken alcoholics have. So that's why I, I want to kick their ass, but at the same time, I gotta, you know, looking at that, trying to find a way to, um, not hurt this godlike being, <laughs> which kind of sounds funny. You know, it's just, it's just one of those things where I'm still trying to learn more about it. So anyways, so let's go ahead and move on from that. Let's go jump onto segment number four. And this one will be an altered state of fear. So all these are pretty much running in together, but, uh, let's go ahead and break this one down. So stand by, cause here we go.